Are you ready to know what you don't know about Privacy Pros? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Privacy Pros Academy podcast by KZN Privacy Experts. The podcast to launch, progress and excel your career as a Privacy Pro. Hear about the latest news and developments in the world of privacy. Discover fascinating insights from leading global privacy professionals. And hear real stories and top tips from the people who've been where you want to get to. We're an official IAPP training partner. We've trained people in over 137 countries and counties. So, whether you're thinking about starting a career in data privacy, or you're an experienced professional, this is the podcast for you. And welcome to the Privacy Pros Academy podcast. My name is Jamila and I'm a data privacy analyst at Kazian Privacy Experts. With me today is my co-host Jamal Ahmed, who is a fellow of information privacy and CEO at Kazian Privacy Experts. He is an established and comprehensively qualified privacy professional with a demonstrable track record solving enterprise-wide data privacy and data security challenges for SMEs through complex global organizations. He is a Certified Information Privacy Manager, Certified Information Privacy Professional, Certified EU GDPR Practitioner, Master NLP Practitioner, Prince2 Practitioner, and he holds a Bachelor of Arts in Business with Law. He is a revered global privacy thought leader, world-class trainer, and published author for publications such as Thomson Reuters, The Independent, Euronews, as well as numerous industry publications. Jamal makes regular appearances in the media on television and radio and in print, and has been dubbed the King of GDPR by the BBC. To date, he has provided privacy and GDPR compliance solutions to organisations across six continents in over 30 jurisdictions worldwide, helping to safeguard the personal data of over a billion data subjects. Welcome, Jamal. Hi, Jamila. How are you today? I'm good. I'm excited for this podcast. Jamila was almost not going to attend for the podcast because she cooked some chicken and she wasn't sure if she cooked it properly or not. So we're hoping that everything goes well. Yeah, I'm not a good cook and I had some chicken. I thought I cooked it long enough. It was a little bit questionable. So here's hoping that I make it to the end. What kind of chicken was it? It was chicken sausages. They tasted nice, but (laughs) they may not later. All right. Right. Let's introduce our guest. Maria Hoskin is a Brazilian legal professional specializing in data protection and privacy. She is currently a data privacy consultant at United Health Group Brazil and co-chair of the IAPP in Rio de Janeiro. An LLM in law, Maria also holds a certificate in intellectual property and innovation from the Brazilian National Institute of Industrial Property. She is also a published writer, screenplay author and director and teaches IP at FGV and Privacy fundamentals at privacy academy welcome maria that's quite a bio <laughs> thank you Jamila. so what are you going to do when you retire sleep <laughs> <laughs> like i can relate to ever. that just sleep the whole time <laughs> no i would agree with that i love being asleep it's the best is the siesta a thing in brazil no not like in spain or italy so i have a full-time job and we don't have siestas here <laughs> Unfortunately. (laughs) Maybe you can introduce them. You can get some sleep before retirement. Yes, yes. (laughs) What's keeping you up? I have a little baby. She's 10 months old. And I can say that in order to be kept up late at night, privacy goes way, way ahead. She's a nice girl. She sleeps at night. (laughs) Privacy never stops. Even when you're resting, you have that in your mind every time. So privacy is more concerning than a baby for me this days. 
<laughs> so privacy is more like another baby for you. Yeah, in Brazil, it's more like a real baby. <laughs> we just had one year of the law has begun and the full enforcement occurred this August 1st. We have a few days of full enforcement law in Brazil. It's a privacy baby we have here. Could you tell us a bit more about what data protection and data privacy is like in Brazil? If we compare with Europe, for example, that has a data protection law since the 90s, Brazil didn't have one until 2018. After GDPR has passed, companies here start to realize they would have trouble in transfer data internationally. There was the will of Brazil to integrate the OCDE and there was like a perfect storm. Political and economical and social aspect, the increasing of data breaches. So everything made that in 2018, we approved data protection law Congress within a few months. In 2018, it was approved by the Congress and was sanctioned by the president. They established the vacatio legis that was supposed to start as a year and a half. And then at the end was two years of vacatio legis, but with the late enforcement that occurred this August. So before LGPD, as we say here, we had hundreds of sectorial laws, of civil laws that somehow treated data protection in some relations. For example, the consumer relation or in the digital area, but not a general regulation. It was a very sharp law in the sense that it was not years and years of discussion and so on. So in a cultural way of seeing it, data protection and privacy is not in the DNA, is not in the bones of Brazilian people. So we have a new law. We don't have still a popular culture about privacy and data protection. And yet we have a full enforcement uh, going on right now. Thank you so much for describing the whole context. So what I've understood from that is in 2018, everything kind of came together from a political, from an economic, from an actual operational perspective, creating the perfect platform for Brazil to start saying, hey, look, we need to look globally. And if you want to have international data transfers and you want to be open for business, we need to make sure we get our data privacy right. Because going forward in this digital economy that's driven by data, it is paramount importance. So let's get our act together and let's get this sorted so we can play it on on the global level. Exactly. In this sense, uh, GDPR was a breaking mold. So it became a paradigm and became the parameters to our law. This deeply inspired in the GDPR rules. Uh, of course, we importing this way of uh, seeing privacy. So we have a very Eurocentric view of data protection here in Brazil. Mm. You mentioned it was a very kind of sharp law. There wasn't a lot of preparation necessarily. How did ordinary people not in data protection react to the changes in the law? I'd say that the greatest impact was companies, the data controllers. I mean, the general public, they have a natural curiosity about this law, mm -hmm. but there is a lot of confusion, a lot of wrong understanding what the law is about. So I think the, all the, the concern, even because of the sanctions, 
solutions because as GDPR, LGPD put a lot of pressure on companies because of the pecuniary sanction. Companies are really taking this seriously. They're ones that are not should be, but in general, people are curious about this law. I think it's an open field to educate people about this here in Brazil. What first got you interested in data privacy? I used to work in an Italian company as a legal counsel. By 2016 and 17, I, I heard about GDPR for the first time. And I read it. I remember thinking, this is huge. Why is anyone talking about here? And I started to study by myself. And then I followed immediately in love with privacy. From there, I started to make connections and study even more. When the topic was starting to be discussed here, I did some courses, took lessons, and I directionated my professional life to work with privacy. So I achieved that. I'm happy to work 100% with privacy today. That's amazing. I can exactly relate to what you were saying. I think it was around 2016, 2015. I was reading about the GDPR. I was reading through it, I was like, no way is big <laughs> yeah. tech companies, no way are the big tech companies going to let this happen, right? It's just not going to happen. The lobby groups, they're all going to come out and it's all going to go away. And then when it was like, it's going to start coming into force in 2018, I was like, whoa, my mind was blown. I was like, no way, I can't believe this is happening. But this means it's going to be big news. We know we were right. It is. It's massive. Data privacy is the hottest industry, probably the most booming sector in economy right now, especially in Europe. So I'm not sure what it's like for you in Brazil for people looking to build a career in data privacy. It's a very crowded scenario you have now, because as we said at the beginning, there was not so many people talking about that. People thought uh, it's not going to pass. Brazil is no Europe. We will not have such a strong law here. And after 2018, we saw like a gold rush in this area. So this was multiplying the teaching companies about privacy and data protection. Section. A lot of established law firms started to, to set an area to take care of privacy and data protection. Mm. And it's, very, it's a very hot market here as well. Yeah, great. It sounds like it's a very hot market anywhere in the world, which means that if you're listening and you want a career in data privacy, if you're aspiring privacy pro and you want to pivot your career, then it's never been a better time to get into data privacy. And if you're already in data privacy and you're looking to have a thriving career, then Maria is going to share some tips. So make sure you carry on listening. Now, one thing I'm really curious about, Maria, is you're the chair of the Brazilian chapter of, of the IAPP, and we're an official IAPP training partner. And we're always talking about the value of having this network and being a member of the IAPP. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more from your perspective as a chair as to why Having that membership is so valuable. Yes, of course. So when I started to study about privacy, two websites became my beacon of knowledge. Mm. One was the ICO site. I think it's a wonderful site if you want information about privacy and data protection. And the other one was the IAPP. It didn't take too long for me to become a, a membership of the association. It is really, really important in, to have access to all the material they post and they share. So I became very close with this network about the Knowledge Nap. So they had this encounter for a happy hour so you can know other privacy pros to talk about it. And I started to attend these meetings and made a lot of good friends there. 
And I was recommended to be an IPP co-chair here in Rio. And this network part, I think it's wonderful. So we have this media educational ones and social ones. And the other one is certification. So now IAPP here in Brazil is starting DPO certification to be a DPO here yeah. in LGPD law. And it's wonderful to have this kind of engagement of such an important association with this privacy law here. I think that this certification... Besides to recognize a very high level of understanding the privacy concepts and the privacy law, it is a very highly estimated document if you want to, to, to outstand in the market. It's highly recommendable. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, and I think some of the things that I've really valued from, especially when I first started my career, was networking with other privacy professionals and finding mentors and saying, hey, I'm thinking about this in this way, but I don't even know what I don't know about. What can you tell me? And how do they see things in your industry? Because not everybody has experience across all industries, right? But there are privacy pros that come to these networking events that you can actually access who have experience in the different sectors. And sometimes the way another industry approaches the same thing is actually really fascinating. And you can learn a lot from that. And that's what I find. And that's the reason why I actively try and increase and participate in making sure I make the most of my privacy peers is because everyone brings something valuable to the table from their previous experience, from their industry experience, from their upbringing, from their culture, from whichever part of the world they're in. And when you bring all of those things, you can actually deliver greater solutions for all of your clients and make sure that you're actually helping them to uphold those rights and liberties that people hold so dear when it comes to privacy. And the other thing is, especially in Europe, I don't know how strong this is in Brazil, but it's very difficult for someone to take you seriously, unless you've got years and years of experience, if you've got a few years or less, that's certainly trying to change career and move into privacy. If you don't have CIPPE or the CIPM, at least the CIP is seen as the gold standard in data privacy for any employment hiring manager and any recruiter. And I know there are a lot of people that actually are a little bit upset about that because they haven't sat those certifications themselves. And like, why should that be the door to entry? But because the IAPP does such a great job, they do such a phenomenal job, making sure they go out there, making sure they speak to the CEOs of massive companies, they've set the bar and the CIPP is the bar for anyone who wants to be a credible confident and authoritative privacy professional. In my experience and from the people that we see in the academy and from the people that we come across that are having challenges, some people just learn how to pass an exam, but that's not enough to go and get a career and have a really thriving career where you can you know, move towards earning six figures. You need to understand how to apply that. And the only way to really learn how it all applies is to have a mentor and have someone actually teach you based on their experience. Because when you're reading the book, you don't even know what it is that you don't know. What's your take on that? I had a mentor. Jose was one of those. Because when we started to talk about privacy here in Brazil, there was no, no one we could talk about it. It was new for everybody. So in this stage of the building of the law, we counted on some colleagues in Europe. One of them was Jose. And we found in them such a generosity to share knowledge and to listen to us, to our doubts and our questions. They were at the IPP certificated. They had the whole package. They have the experience. They had the certification. I believe here in Brazil, IPP shall be as well the golden standard certifications. You know, there are other ones, but I, I believe that by the international importance it has, will become also the gold standard. 
for the ones who doesn't have, that's what you said, few have years of experience of working in privacy. Maybe a certificate doesn't reflect that. You can be good at taking exams, but you don't have the experience. So I think the IPP certification does it both because to pass the IPP, especially the CIPP, you have to have some background in thinking privacy, not a, an automatic, you study and you pass. You have to yeah. have this mindset about the privacy. Brilliant. And why is it important to have a mentor? I like to study by myself. Having a teacher, having a mentor to guide you in this study is very important to not lose yourself in the one million things you have to do. I think it's valuable in any senses if you want to accelerate your privacy knowledge. Thank you. Absolutely. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing. So, so one of the strong values that we have and that we try to impart in the Privacy Pros Academy is the value of having that mentor, having someone guide you and show you and explain things to you. And not just to the academics, but how does all of this apply in practice? Because, yes, you can just focus on the academics to maybe write an article or to pass an exam. But then if you want to go and make a career out of this and you want to do a great job for your clients, for your employer, then you need to make sure that you understand the application. And you said that the privacy mindset is super important. And that's one of the things that we teach on the 12-week Privacy Pro Accelerator program is one of the five pillars is the mindset. What is the mindset of a privacy professional? And we really help our mentees on that program to get the right mindset so they have that strong pillar and they can attack everything with that Privacy Pro mindset. So thank you very much for sharing that, Maria. Just a sidestep away from privacy for a second. You mentioned in your bio that you're a published writer and screenplay author. Could you tell us a little bit more about that and what kind of topics you write about? A, a pandemic hobby that uh, became a formal passion to the movie classes and all. But as a movie director, I'm excellent privacy pro. I think I will remain in privacy and let movies as a hobby. I can envisage GDPR the movie coming out in cinema. Yes, actually, I was trying to avoid this question because it was <laughs> the first thing that passed in my mind. But I didn't discard the possibility of using these cinematography skills to improve training. That'd be cool. I think that privacy training should be interesting, not boring at all. It's such a passionate uh, subject. So I'd like to everyone to enjoy privacy the way I do. And doing as a boring stuff won't help anyone. So maybe someday. When you're delivering training, do you take those skills then from your screenplay, your writing skills? Do you take that into your training? Of course, as long as I can, because, uh, you know, it depends on the the companies or the clients tired to pass the information. But whenever I can apply the legal box and try to make it more interesting to the person who's watching or listening to it, definitely do it. I'm sure the people attending the training really benefit from that. Yeah. I hope so. What is your favorite client story or project or a memorable moment that you've got from working with a client? I think I should say it was my first client to do an LGPD implementation. 
because I didn't have any previous experience in privacy compliance. Mm-hmm. I had studied a lot to this moment when to arrive. And when my first client arrived, it was a little marketing startup. And I was so glad to see a small company like them was just two partners, was interested to apply a privacy by design. It was in the end of 2018, at the beginning of the law. They have little structure, they had little budget, but they have a really force to make it happen in their startup. So it was good for me. Didn't start with an issue bigger than I could handle. So we had a a little model to roll. And it really demonstrated to me that, yeah, maybe I'm going to the right path here. It was very, very wonderful to see this little company to embrace this cause and to work with them. I think that was a very special moment for me. That's great. And especially seeing a company then so small and caring about data privacy. Thank you. Thank you for sharing those stories with us, Maria. Now, the question I have for you is you're someone who's gone from starting to data privacy to now having a really thriving career where you're kind of the go-to person in Brazil when it comes to all things data privacy, right? What advice do you have for someone who is is seeking a thriving career in data privacy, apart from what you've already mentioned about get yourself a mentor and attain the IAPB certifications? Do it because you love it. Don't get too excited with the gold run or to just focus on the monetary gains, you can have it because it's a new field of law here in Brazil. Do it because you really like the topic because you care about privacy and if you are passionate about it. Once you are passionate for something, it's going to be pleasure or less painful to pass through all the process of study and become a professional. That's really important advice. And yet I do speak to people every day who say, hey, I want to become a privacy professional. What do I need to do? Sign me up. And I say, why do you want that? They're like, because I want to earn X amount of money. That's well, that's the wrong reason because you could exit some amount of money doing something else. What do you know about data privacy? Have you even looked at the GDPR? And sometimes it's very clear that they haven't. Other times they're like, yes, I've read the GDPR. I've looked at all these certifications. I've actually gone and subscribed to this. I'm a member of the IEPP. And you can see that they're ready. They just need someone to push them in the right direction. And what you said there is of paramount importance. Yes, as a privacy professional, you can earn some really attractive sums of money and you will be rewarded accordingly. But it's not enough to say you want a career in data privacy because unless you're really passionate about something, it's always going to be a lot of hard work. And as Maria said, like when you wake up in the morning, you want to wake up like, yes, I've got to go to work and I've got to do another great day. And I think, Jamila, one of the things that you mentioned in the previous podcast is if you do what you love, then you never have to go to work. Yeah, I think there was a phrase, if you find a job you love, you'll never work a day in your life. There you go. Yeah. Maybe I will be doing something else, traveling the world. I don't know. But it's really a job I love to do. So it's no pain at all. What do you love so much about it? Good question, Hamal. You make me thinking right now because I felt this passion before with IP. I became really passionate about copyright and I still do, trademark, antitrust. I studied that. I wrote a book about that and I still love them. It's like it became a new passion. (laughs) Maybe because it's in everybody's life. We're talking about personal data here. So everybody carry their own. Uh, Mm. Me, my kids, my family, my friends, and 
this thrill of living a new field of law about something you you do enjoy studying. How do you explain a love? <laughs> I think that's the fundamental question. How do you explain passion? You get in love with things. <laughs> yeah, all right. I think I'm going to help you out a little bit here. I'll relate to what I love about data privacy. And what I love is the challenge that no two days are the same. Like for me, no two days have ever been the same. And every day you come up with a new challenge. And even when you think you know an area, you know a business, or you know a client very well, and you know all of the risks, something always comes up just the minute you think it's okay to relax, and it holds a whole new challenge, and then you have to go and learn about it. And every day there is some kind of new enforcement action, there is some kind of new advice being issued, new country with a new regulation, or is there some other law that's impacting on privacy. And you always have to be on your toes and you have to make sure that you're upskilling yourself, you're learning about it. Jose is big area, artificial intelligence. We can see there's been new regulations coming into that. And we need to make sure we're on top of all of those things. And for me, that's what makes it so fascinating. It's so fast paced. It's so challenging and it's so vast. The more I look into it, the more I realize how little I actually know. Absolutely. No, but here in Brazil, it's like a soap opera, the, the whole approval of the law, because every day was, oh, they're going to approve. No, there's not going to pass. So there is an amend. Yes. Every day we have, it was so exciting. So that, that contributed a lot. So this, this thrill of watching history being done. I was there, I saw it. So it was very exciting, yes. Mm -hmm. At that time, I didn't work with privacy. So I didn't have this experience on being on the field. I didn't know how what's going to be to work with privacy. So it was a previous passion. I think that this movement of being of seeing history being made was definitely a factor that enhanced the, the passion about privacy. Uh, that was really insightful what you said there is you actually got to see history being made. And what you said earlier as well, actually, was quite fascinating. How one of the things you love about privacy is because it impacts everyone. It impacts you, it impacts your friends, it impacts your parents, it impacts your children. Everyone has some kind of personal data and the more we are reliant on technology and the more we've become reliant on smart devices, the more data is being generated and the more valuable that data is becoming to certain businesses. And it's very important to make sure that we do our bit to make sure that data is being protected and kept private, being treated ethically and respectfully. Thank you for sharing that. So what has been the proudest moment of your career so far, Maria? One of them is when I was invited to be a speaker for the IPP. During the pandemics, they asked me to make a presentation. Mm. And then I become IPP co-chair here in Rio. It was a moment that I said, okay, I now I can consider myself a part of the privacy community. And I, I think that's a great example of a moment that made me really proud. That's really great. So that happened during the pandemic? Yes. I started to work with it in the end of 2018, yeah. but really came stronger with the law enforcement. And a year and a half ago, it totally matches pandemics. Wow. So I wonder what things will be like post-pandemic, whether you'll have a lot of changes in your day-to-day -day work. We can do another podcast with you in a year's time <laughs> what's changed. Well, Amazing to, to speak to our guests after a year, especially yeah. Maria, and see what's happening in Brazil and how things have matured. We we're really insightful to understand that. Yeah, definitely. I love it. <laughs> Maria, our last question for you will give you the opportunity to ask Jamal a question. Thank you. Jamal, I think that you are years and years ahead of us here in Brazil, especially in the training and awareness field. What 
would be your advice to professionals that want to increase the training skills? When people come to train with a mentor, we should realize that what they're actually paying for is the experience of having that live interaction with the mentor and not the knowledge. The knowledge is available in the book. The knowledge is available on the internet. The knowledge is available in the law. They don't need more knowledge. They need you to break it down and make sure that they understand how the knowledge actually applies. So come with lots of examples, find lots of different ways of making it relatable to them. And don't just read off slides, right? People are not investing huge sums of money for you to read off the slides. They could have easily done that. What you want to do is make sure that that time that you have with them is the best investment and the best choice they've ever made in their life. And you need to be sure by the time they leave your training that you can confidently say that investment they made to come and train with me or train with my organization was the best decision they made in their life. And the way we do that is by breaking down the concepts in a way that even a 10-year-old child could understand, by bringing in lots of different examples, any relevant case studies, any enforcement actions to really add depth and breadth to the knowledge they've already gained and to the knowledge that's already available out there. And that is what I say makes a great training experience. And I think that's what the mentees that come to the Privacy Pros Academy really love is that we take what they already have and what they don't even have sometimes. They come and they get a full 360 degrees perspective, but they actually now understand the application of data privacy law and European data privacy law. And they understand how to go and think about things now. It's not like, oh, I've got a template, I need to go and fit that. Now I understand these are the tools and I can be a master and I can then become an artist with it. It's wonderful advice. Thank you. My pleasure. Great. Thank you so much, Maria, for coming on our podcast. We've really enjoyed speaking with you and I hope to go to Rio one day. It's on my bucket list. I've always wanted to go. <laughs> I'll be here. I'll wait for you, Jamila. <laughs> that would be great. Hopefully uh, soon. You. I think Jamila's planning a world tour. For I am. Every guest planning. that comes on, I'm like, I want to go. <laughs> We're going to do a Keynesian trip. <laughs> All right, Maria, thank Thank you so much for your time and thank you for sharing all of those nuggets of wisdom sharing some really valuable takeaways for our listeners thank you Hamal. thank you Hamila. it was great if you enjoyed this episode be sure to subscribe like and share so you're notified when a new episode is released remember to join the privacy pros academy facebook group where we answer your questions Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're leaving with some great things that will add value on your journey as a world-class privacy pro. Please leave us a four or five star review. And if you'd like to appear on a future episode of our podcast or have a suggestion for a topic you'd like to hear more about, please send an email to team at kzient.co.uk. Until next time, peace be with you.